When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. Well, hello there. Welcome back. My name is Stephanie Safarian, and you're listening to episode 260 of Sustainable Minimalists, a twice-weekly show about intentional and eco-minimalist living. We're going to start today's show with a little trivia question. And if you read the little blurb about this show, you already know the answer. But the question is, what on earth do our laptops, our cell phones, our solar panels, and our electric cars have in common? That's right. They all require batteries, lithium ion batteries to be precise. And that's what we're talking about today. Lithium has earned the nickname white gold, and that's because 125 million electric vehicles are predicted to be on the roads by 2030. And laptops and smartphones and solar panels, they certainly aren't going anywhere. Ilona from Germany wrote to me, and she asked me about the impact of all these lithium-ion batteries on the planet. Are renewable technologies like electric vehicles and solar panels, are they as green as they appear if they require non-renewable resources like lithium to be extracted from the earth when such extraction is quite ruinous to land and water and wildlife and people? So phew, if you are down for this episode, buckle up for the ride. I have a two-part show for you today. Part one is the lecture portion, if you will. Lecture sounds very boring. I'm going to do my best to not be boring. And part two is I'm answering your questions. A bunch of you asked me questions that you needed answers to. And part two, I'm answering your specific lithium-related questions. So we only have one sponsor today, and we're going to hear from them in the middle of the show. We're going to jump right in. But before we get into the meat and potatoes of today's show, I have two very important disclaimers. And I want to say them up front so we're all on the same page. The first disclaimer is that batteries are everywhere, right? They are an important part of the way that we live our daily lives. Batteries are vital to the technology we rely on. There are many different types of batteries, right? And each come with their own hosts, of concerns. We are only talking about lithium ion batteries on today's show. So that's disclaimer one. Disclaimer two is that solar panels and electric cars, I keep using them as examples because they're hot commodities right now. Solar panels and electric cars, they are important technologies from an environmental standpoint. According to the Office of Energy Efficiency and Renewable Energy here in the United States, 
The amount of sunlight that strikes the earth in 90 minutes is enough to handle the entire world's energy consumption for a full year. Let me say that again in case you missed it. The amount of sunlight that strikes the earth in just 90 minutes is enough to handle the entire world's energy consumption for a full year. So solar panels, solar technologies are really darn important, right? Solar energy doesn't require fossil fuels, except, of course, in the creation of those panels. Solar energy reduces the cost of electricity. It contributes to a resilient electrical grid and creates jobs, etc. So they're really important. And the same goes for electric cars. Research has shown that because they have zero tailpipe emissions, they emit fewer greenhouse gases into the atmosphere. Very important. So disclaimer two is I am not knocking solar panels or electric vehicles in today's episode, getting that right out of the way right off the bat. Okay, so now we're talking about lithium. What on earth is lithium? Well, it's a metal. It's a highly reactive alkali metal to be precise. And if you remember chemistry, perhaps you remember the alkalis as being highly reactive. Lithium is the lightest known metal, and it is having its moment in the spotlight, isn't it? Lithium carbonate, so same lithium, is the lithium that is used often in mania and depression treatments, and that's because lithium has the power to change the brain. Lithium is a finite resource. Extracting lithium from the earth is energy intensive and it is a polluting practice. We're going to get into that more in a bit. But why lithium? Why out of all the gifts, essentially, that the planet gives us, why is lithium so important, so prevalent right now? Why lithium for these batteries? Well, lithium is generally low maintenance and it has a long lifespan. So in cars specifically, lithium-ion batteries are the battery of choice in electric vehicles, and that's because the battery itself is lightweight, and it can store lots of energy, and it can be repeatedly recharged. I should also say here, too, that lithium-ion batteries tend to contain less toxic metals than other batteries. So a couple wins there for lithium. But now you might be asking yourself, I hope you're asking to yourself, well, wait a minute, how do we get it from the earth? How is it extracted? There's two main ways that lithium in 2022 is being extracted from the earth. There's ore mining, which is traditional mining for metals. And then there's brine mining. Neither is great. I'll say that right off the bat. But I will say that brine mining is slightly better, slightly better from an environmental perspective. And as we're talking about ore mining and brine mining, we're going to get into both of them in a little bit more detail. I just want to hit the point home, so to speak, that the extraction process alone may actually minimize the environmental benefits of solar panels and electric cars because the extraction process pollutes water, is very carbon intensive, and requires an awful lot of water. So let's talk about lithium extraction from brine first, the slightly better option. Lithium extraction from brine is the method of choice in South America. So Bolivia, Chile, and Argentina, they have a lot of lithium in underground lakes. 
the lithium-containing salt water is brought to the surface, and then it's left to evaporate in large basins in the sun. And then the remaining solution there is essentially diluted using water to remove the lithium that is then suitable for batteries. So it sounds fairly benign. However, locals complain that such extraction of lithium is contributing to increasing droughts, which in in an already arid area, right, which is continuing to threaten the health of their livestock. It's leading to vegetation drying out. It's unclear whether the brine extraction is creating the droughts, but in general, the lithium mining in South America is a stressor on water, especially for the indigenous people living in the Atacama Desert of Chile. I've been to the Atacama Desert. It is a gorgeous place. That's neither here nor there. Let's move on to ore mining. So traditional mining, it is one of the dirtiest businesses out there. Mining in general, so mining for anything, not just lithium, it induces biodiversity loss. It contributes to soil erosion. It contaminates groundwater and soil. In America, in Australia, in places that are trying to get in on the lithium gold rush, the lithium rush, I should say, right? It's like the gold rush. It's like it's not gold. It's white gold. It's lithium. So those countries, those superpowers who want to get in on this lucrative wave, right? They are in the business of ore mining. Now, I alluded to it, but let's just bring it to light, there is a significant political or economic component to lithium mining. There is a race underway among the major world powers to get in on this lucrative new business. Currently, most of the raw lithium used in the United States comes from South America or Latin America or Australia, where it's then processed and turned into battery cells in China or other Asian countries. So Americans, of course, we want in on this, right? Lithium is the next big thing. It's not even the next big thing. It is the big thing. There's money to be made here. And just to hit this point home, in the first three months of 2021, Lithium miners in the United States raised $3.5 billion from Wall Street. That's in just three months. That's according to Bloomberg News. So let's talk about Thacker Pass, Nevada. Have you ever heard of Thacker Pass, Nevada? I hadn't until researching this episode. So atop a dormant volcano in northern Nevada, there's blasting and there's digging out of a giant pit. This project is known as Lithium Americas, and it is the new large-scale lithium mine here in the United States. And yes, it has drawn significant protests, but it's interesting, though, how we don't hear much about them. We don't hear much about Thacker Pass on the news, isn't it? Okay, so Thacker Pass Lithium America, this project spans over 17,000 acres. It will hold an open pit mine as well as a sulfuric acid plant to process the lithium from the ore. The mine is expected to have a lifespan for 46 years. It is expected to emit over 152,000 tons of carbon dioxide into the atmosphere annually. That's, by the way, the emissions equivalent of a small city. 
It is expected to consume 1.7 billion gallons of water each year. If you've been to Nevada, you already know it is an arid region already. It's a region that's already experiencing drought. And this Thacker Pass lithium extraction site is expected to consume 1.7 billion gallons of water every year for the next 46 years. Okay, so let's talk about the controversies. Native American tribes, ranchers who live there, environmental groups who care, they are not happy about Lithium America at Thacker Pass. And that's because, as I alluded to, it is expected to use billions of gallons of precious groundwater and potentially contaminate it for 300 some odd years into the future. There's also the sulfur problem, too, which we really should mention. I did say that at the mine site, there will also be a sulfuric acid plant, which is there to process the lithium from the raw ore. Well, sulfur spills are dangerous. They're hardly benign. Sulfur spills in the past have seeped into the ground, have permeated the air, have worsened asthma, have contributed to heart and lung disease among people who live nearby. So... If you're thinking to yourself, wait a minute, what is this happening at Thacker Pass? Why haven't I heard of it? Well, in addition to Nevada, businesses have proposed creating lithium production sites in California, Oregon, Tennessee, Arkansas, and North Carolina. So we're going to move on to part two of today's conversation, which is where I get deep into listener questions about lithium. We're going to tackle those questions after a quick word from today's first and only sponsor. Hello, Sustainable Minimalist listeners. Are you committed to living a greener and simpler life? Well, meet Home Threads, your ally in more sustainable and minimalist home decor. As the total destination for decor and furniture, Home Threads helps you define your minimalist lifestyle while respecting the planet. Discover their exclusive Haven collection. They use many sustainable materials without compromising on style. And here's the best part. Home Threads always has the best value. It was time. After nine years of living in our home, it was time to replace our outdoor furniture. And my husband and I, we went to Home Threads. We have a Home Threads patio umbrella and a new bench. And oh my goodness, we are so in love. Create a home that reflects your commitment to the environment. Visit homethreads.com slash sustainable and get a code for 15% off your first order. Homethreads.com slash sustainable. Love where you live. So many of us have chaotic closets that are crammed full of clothing items and yet somehow we still have nothing to wear. Well, upgrading to high quality and affordable pieces from Quince when you need them is a game changer. They offer organic cotton sweaters and washable silk tops. My 100% Mongolian cashmere sweaters are my go-to. Not only are they affordable, but the quality is top-notch 
They wear better than the cashmere sweaters that are double their price. Indulge in affordable luxury. Go to quince.com slash sustainable podcast for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash sustainable podcast to get free shipping and 365 day returns. One more time, quince.com slash sustainable podcast. And we're back. We're on to part two of today's conversation, which is me answering your lithium-related questions. So the first question here is from Annie. Annie asked, how long do lithium-ion batteries last in electric cars? Can you replace the battery? Well, Annie, let's start by saying first and foremost that electric vehicles are relatively are a relatively new technology, so it's hard to say without guesstimating. But most manufacturers do offer a five to eight-year warranty on their battery. The current prediction is that an electric car battery will last anywhere from 10 to 20 years before needing to be replaced. In the United States specifically, every battery that's in an electric car comes with a warranty for at least a minimum of eight years or up to 100,000 miles. This is according to Carfax, by the way. So Kia, for example, Kia, the car maker, offers a battery pack warranty for 10 years or 100,000 miles. Hyundai provides a lifetime coverage of its batteries and its electric cars. I should say, too, you asked how long does these batteries last? It's important to remember that this battery, it's a different battery, it's a bigger battery, but it's the same technology as the battery in your smartphone. So your smartphone, if, if the battery is the problem, your smartphone battery just doesn't all of a sudden one day just stop working, right? Instead, what happens is over time, the battery uh, needs to be charged more frequently. The phone can last less time before needing a charge. The same thing is likely to happen with your car. Over time, as the battery ages, you will need to charge up more frequently. You'll be able to go fewer miles before needing a recharge. I also, as somebody who knows nothing about cars, let me say that first and foremost. As I was finding the research to answer Annie's question, I found it very interesting as somebody who knows nothing about cars to learn that electric vehicles tend to have simpler technologies than conventional cars, right? There's less items to break. So that's really something to consider if you're considering an electric vehicle for yourself or your family. Unlike conventional automobiles, electric cars are just not equipped with many of those parts that eventually break and need to be replaced or repaired. Now, also too here, Annie, for your question, one major point to remember about a car's expected battery life is that heat and lithium do not pair well together. So cars that live in hotter climates will likely experience a faster energy depletion. Most electric cars do come with a liquid-cooled battery pack, but I just want to say that for anybody listening from warm climates. Okay, next question. Ekta and Sally asked the same question, essentially, which is, how are these batteries recycled? Are they recycled? Will they end up in landfills? 
Great question, Ekta and Sally. And that's because it is expected that at least 11 million tons of used and dead lithium-ion batteries will accumulate worldwide by 2030. 11 million tons. That's insane. So the short answer to your question is that, yes, lithium-ion batteries are recyclable, but no, recycling the battery and dismantling its parts is not easy. Currently, it is estimated, and it's hard, the numbers are murky, so don't hold me to this, but it is estimated that currently only 5% of lithium-ion batteries are actually recycled. That's on par with plastic recycling rates, with glass recycling rates, with aluminum recycling rates, right? Recycling rates for many recyclables is notoriously low. Your question, will they end up in landfills? The short answer to that question is they will end up in landfills if we put our batteries there. If we put our batteries in the trash, they will end up in landfills. So don't dump your used batteries of any kind, lithium, ion, or other. Never put batteries in the trash. (laughs) Never. They can explode. They can catch fire. Some other types of batteries are particularly toxic. So When you have something with a lithium battery that needs to be recycled, a couple things to note. Don't puncture the battery. (laughs) Don't store lots of items with lithium-ion batteries nearby. Don't throw them in the trash can. Don't throw them in the regular recycling bin either. Don't put these batteries near flammable materials. If you can, remove the battery from the device and then bring it to a certified recycling provider who will safely deal with your hazardous material because that's what it is. You can also consider contacting the manufacturer of your thing to see if there's a recycling program for the battery. So if you have, I don't know, let's use the example of an iPhone. You can contact Apple and see if they will take back the battery. I know they have recycling programs or reuse programs. Ask them what they do with their battery. I would love to know. If you do reach out to them, let me know. We're going to talk a little bit more about action steps, like what you and I should be doing with our batteries in a minute. But let's move on to Cindy's question. Cindy asked, are experts looking into other ways to power such goods? So other alternate technologies besides putting all our eggs in the lithium ion basket, right? Great question, Cindy. For about the last 10 years, engineers have been working to develop a battery made out of sodium. The sodium will replace both the lithium and the cobalt that's currently used in lithium-ion batteries. Sodium is cheaper and it's more environmentally friendly, but the technology is still not there. So be on the lookout. Be on the lookout. If you ever hear anything about sodium batteries in the future, my hope is that your ears perk up. Elizabeth wrote to me, and she asked, can you compare the materials needed to make the batteries with petroleum harm-wise? This is such a good question, Elizabeth, and I should say here that it depends on what problem, or you use the word harm, what harm we're talking about. The Argonne National Laboratory did conduct a life cycle analysis that looked at a conventional vehicle versus an electric vehicle and did find, now everybody listen up, (laughs) it did find that electric vehicles must travel approximately 13,500 miles before they become cleaner 
than a conventional vehicle that requires gasoline. So if you're going to purchase an electric vehicle, it will not become, quote unquote, less harmful or, quote unquote, better for the planet until you've traveled over 13,000 miles in it. Now, a similar study was done by the European Federation for Transport and Environment. That study concluded that electric cars in Europe do, on average, emit three times less carbon dioxide than conventional cars, so a lot less CO2. Now, different assessments, different life cycle assessments come up with different results, especially when it comes to electric cars. And that's because in different parts of the world, electricity is generated in different ways, right? And so that's important to note. We are moving on to the final question, and this question didn't come with a name, so I'm sorry to whoever asked this question, but very interesting question. Is child labor involved in the mining of lithium? My answer to this is I didn't come up with any glaring examples of child labor being used to mine lithium in my research. However, that's not to say child labor is not used. Child labor has notoriously been used in certain parts of the world to mine other similar metals in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, for example, the cobalt rush brought in tons of human rights violations, especially child labor. So it's not to say that child labor isn't used in the mining of lithium. It is to say, though, I didn't find any glaring cases to talk about. So that ends part two. Now we're moving on to action steps for you and me as we go into our daily lives, knowing what we now know about lithium. I have three action steps for you. The first is to, of course, dispose of your batteries correctly. Take your batteries, any batteries, but specifically lithium ion, because that's what we're talking about today. Take those batteries to a hazardous waste disposal facility or hold on to them and wait for an e-waste recycling event in your community. Okay, so as I was preparing for this episode, I googled hazardous waste facility near me. Okay, hazardous waste facility near me. Wouldn't you know there's a hazardous waste facility near me, and it's about maybe 10 miles away, 15 miles away, about 30 minutes with traffic one way. So I can bring my batteries there. And as I was thinking about that, so first of all, if you want to know if you have a hazardous waste facility near you, just Google hazardous waste facility near me and something will pop up. But I was always thinking to myself, 15 miles isn't far. However, 30-minute drive one way to drop off my stuff, 30-minute drive back, that's an hour of my Saturday, let's say, disposing of, responsibly disposing of my technology, my gadgets. And so for me personally, that was just a come-to-Jesus moment of, oh, yes, items do have afterlives. And if I am choosing to bring an item, in this case, a technology, and into my life, I therefore then also have the responsibility to responsibly discard of it at the end of its life. So do I want to spend an hour minimum on my Saturday and my free time driving 30 miles to dispose of this? No. So that makes me look at my tech, looks at my gadgets, I should say, in a different light personally. 
Lithium specifically is reactive with water. It has been known to cause serious fires. So do not ever dispose of lithium batteries in the trash. Do you want your trash can catching on fire? I don't. I do not. (laughs) And I should just say here too that we are talking about lithium, but we're also talking about any battery. Never throw a battery in the trash. Risks come with all batteries. Old batteries can explode. They can leak. They can release harmful gases. And they can, as I just said, catch fire. Action step number two is to be on the lookout for companies that are developing environmentally friendly batteries and, I should say, adopting sustainable extraction processes. It's my real genuine hope that you listen to this episode, you learned something, and so next time you hear something about lithium or lithium-ion batteries, your ears perk up and you'll pay attention and boom, you will be an even more informed consumer going forward. So be on the lookout listen, pay attention. Action step number three is to remember the premise of this show, this whole show, this podcast as it exists, right? We always come back around to the starting point. And that is, it's really darn important for all of us to buy less. Buy only if you need it. Take care of the items you already have. I sound like a broken record. I'm just going to leave it there, but it all comes back around. It all starts with buying less. The final word for today's show is that as humans, we're always looking for some magic pill, right? We want solar panels to be the solution to our increasing energy demands. We want electric vehicles to be the solution to our always on the go lifestyle. We don't want to reduce our energy demands. We don't want to stay closer to home. We want a magic pill that's going to enable us to continue to live our cushy lives without any drastic change. I just hope we all think about that because renewable energy may often demand non-renewable resources. And if that isn't the biggest Catch-22 I've ever heard of, I don't know what is. If you liked the show today, if you learned something valuable, my genuine ask is that you share it. Maybe you tell a friend about it. Maybe you post it on social media. Maybe you just, I don't know, in a conversation (laughs) with somebody in your personal life, you talk about lithium-ion batteries and their effects on our shared planet. So if you liked this, please share it. I will see you on Tuesday for your regularly scheduled interview. Have an amazing weekend. Reach out to me if you need me. I'm always here for you. I appreciate you. I care about you. And take care. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.